0: Hey guys, this is Will. This is just a quick introduction for this week's episode. We have Walden Wong and we have Richard Ship, And we are talking to Walden and Richard a little bit, getting to know him a little bit better, but also getting to know Walden Wong. He is a comic book illustrator, comic book inker, uh, also involved in other designs for different Star Wars books and things like that uh he's inked a lot of stuff that I was really amazed to get to know that he did once I started getting and his story is really awesome. He's had some really cool influences and things like that, so I hope you'll get a chance to join the conversation with us and get to find out all the cool stuff. go support wall and Wong uh on his website and different things like that. We'll make sure to put that in a lot of notes at the end in the episode so do me a favor guys. enjoy the conversation. Hey, if you ever wonder what it'd be like to have a conversation about geek topics, pop culture topics, hot topics, or different things like that, you ever thought about what it'd be like to have a group of people you could talk to about these things and engage? Well, guess what? Now you have a chance to do that. Thank you for joining us on this trip and welcome to Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to tell you about an exciting new tool that has helped and is also a sponsor of the podcast, Pod decks are a deck of cards that you can use to get everything from ideas to podcast topics to ideas for would-you-rather questions and other exciting podcast stuff, all the decks of cards that you can use to help grow your podcast and more importantly, come up with ideas when you're running dry on ideas. So what you want to do, it's, and that's also a great way to support the show, by the way, Go to www.poddex.com, use the promotional code, join the conversation and get 5% off of your order. So that's www.poddex.com. Join the conversation for the promo code for 5% off your order. You will not regret it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Will. And I get the exciting, awesome opportunity to interview two awesome people. Uh, the first person I get to interview is somebody that I only can introduce as Chip, because this is Richard Chip. Uh, he is a buddy of mine I got to meet through the Comic Book Shopping Network and then also through working with me on helping put together ConnectCon. So it was an awesome time getting to know him. And just recently, I got exposed through uh, the art, uh, art community through uh, Mog Parks, a little thing that she does on a monthly basis, where this month was next. And armor. And so she had a theme there. And so one of the artists that got involved was Mr. Walden Fong. Walden Wong. Wong, just Walden said Wong. So Wong. Wong. A, There's a W there. <laughs> yes. You can't get that Wong.
1: wrong. I don't it's know where I got old. the Two wongs don't get it right. I do wrongs do make right. stuff like that. You just keep so so going with those ones. But.
0: So Walden Wong and he did some awesome making. Star Wars stuff. And I was just blown away. I was looking at it going like, wow, he really got in there and did some awesome designs. And, and he was doing like some of the mechs from uh, episode one. And, and you know, he not only had the little, like the ones from episode two, where it's like the little round ones with the spider legs, but then he also had the ones yeah. that were like the roly bullies from episode one, where they would the roll in bully. and fall out like a chair with guns. And they would start shooting at Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jen. And so I was just like, dude, this stuff is awesome. Well, through time and through a really interesting happenstance, Richard, who won one of his pieces, was talking to him, and then he was talking to me. And we were just like, man, I love his artwork. I should try to get him on. And Ship was just like, well, PM him. He's on now. We're talking. <laughs> so it's like, OK, well, we're talking. So here we go. Yeah, so uh, right. Richard just got this, the spider, yeah. The spider
1: droid. Yeah dude, yeah, dude, I love I'm gonna
0: to have to pick yeah. up a book, man, because I love. Yeah, that
1: book is a it's a nice book. Uh, it, it's kind of like an interactive book where you can like flip pages, uh, draws move around, and you can like pull things and make them move around. Okay. Or, like, but, yeah, it's one of those pop, kind of like a pop-up book, but not okay. quite, but you're okay. like moving characters around, or opening flaps. Huh. Yeah. I've and got a old. buddy of
0: mine that's real big in Star Wars. I'm going to have to get one for him, too, because he's big in the Star Wars, but he's in the technical side of things. So he yeah. really enjoys that kind of stuff, so that's something
1: we may have to consider. So Richard also got this, the Moon Knight
0: page. Ooh! Ooh. It. Moon
1: Knight?
0: That's But awesome. yeah,
1: right
0: That's the new Moon Knight suit. I really like that new look on him. I think that's a good look. Yeah. With him kind of in the more of the, like, like... It kind
1: of reminds me of the
0: there's a, there's old like, that, uh, 20s.
1: Yeah, like. That's cool. Okay. And then uh, he also picked up this moonlight. So this, I'm uh, not moonlight. This Deadpool. Right. You can actually display it this way or upside down this way. Right. Like you're right. Down from the scene. So yeah. even on the printed signature, the signature sideways, so you can, you know, the logo looks like this with Deadpool logo looks like this. So when I sign it. I'll sign it like sideways as well. And then we also have the, the 80s cartoon. This so is right? my like big thing. Oh yeah. this is my like, flashback so cool. to me. Yeah, this is this is what I grew up with with that's all so those characters. Oh cool. yeah.
0: Oh I think they're Lino, the same age for Optimus me. So. And, and Optimus Prime.
1: I oh, Optimus Prime for Prime, Prime. Uh, Lionel. We got a we got a uh Baroness over there. 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 Orco Orcos in here. Dude, Oracle's yeah. my man. Yeah, and then one of the this girl from G Force. G Force, oh yeah. Uh, Who's this? Who's this? It's a snorkel. I don't know it. Exactly. That's, that's right.
2: That's right. Yeah, it's the original snorkel.
1: Yeah, which
0: came on right around Smurfs. And so a lot of people refer to him as the Smurfs underwater. Oh yes, <laughs> Actually, but I the remember that, no, that. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: So, yeah. how long have you been doing the podcast for? I've been doing a podcast. I'm
0: coming up on a year. I believe we recorded our first episode back on back in December of last year. Some buddies okay, so of mine, so buddies of mine were uh, kept coming to me. And kept, Man, you know, it'd be cool if we could get together to talk stuff every week.
1: Yeah. So I, like, I know, I well, know, podcast is becoming like an in thing these days. People are like really into podcasts, and it makes yeah. sense, like sometimes they're driving or they're busy doing other stuff. They're listening more so than uh, watching YouTube videos. Right. Yeah, like I, I have a YouTube channel where I have like content up there, and people are constantly telling me they're not even watching, they're just listening in the background. I'm gonna need to go stuff. check
0: out your YouTube channel. I'll have to subscribe to it. I have a YouTube channel too. I try to do mostly drawing type stuff myself. Oh, yeah. I've been self publishing stuff for
1: the last couple of years or so, mostly yeah. children's books. You, you can do what books. I do. You You can do what I do. I don't draw, I just trace. <laughs> <laughs> No, if you should no trace,
0: the I not trace the right way, buddy. <laughs> I'm about to say, no, because see, here's the deal. Inkers, I always get reminded of uh Chasing Amy. Yes. They're doing the whole thing about the drawer tracer thing. Yeah, yeah. And I just like, no, because I ink my stuff. And there's stuff I do on my inks that I don't do on my pencil. So i like, I add some shadows and stuff sometimes and things like that. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times when people ask me what I do, I will say, I'm an inker. And they say, you're an inker. What does that do? Yeah, I ink the lines. And then they'll say, is that like filling in all the shadows? Is that coloring it? Like, do you add the colors? Is that what an inker does? So now I just tell people I'm an artist because it's easy to explain. Yeah, ask Mike Mignola
0: when he inks his stuff if it's different. And he'll tell you it is. Most people that do art will tell you that, that there's a different mentality switch when you're inking it. Even if you're inking it digitally, the there's a different, different focus because it you is. not only bring in a lot, you, you're looking at some like line weight, generally look at darks and shadows and things like if you're shadows. Some people will do a lot more in their colors where they throw in shadows and they just keep a very general line weight. The problem with that is then your image still looks static. It doesn't yes. pop out, it doesn't become something. It does become, it doesn't really get formed until you get those line weights where you're telling me, okay, there's emphasis here.
1: Yes. Like line weights, popping images, rendering, shading. Mm-hmm. Cross hatching if you do cross hatching. Cross hatching, cross hatching. Yeah, I, I use any kind of tools to do the art. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's certain artists that would just stick to brush or microns or quills. I I, I jump around a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: I've heard of the old toothbrush. You know, for oh, yeah, like the stars in the sky
0: and stuff. And yeah, you can start it up, spray it
1: out. Yeah. So, so yeah, so uh, toothbrush and spray stars. I I even use a masking fluid. I don't know if you ever heard of the masking fluid technique. A word heard color, a fluid. Is it fluid? Is that where you're like, that where you're taking like a masking tape and covering certain parts and then you're kind right of. In. But masking fluid is, it comes in a bottle, is liquid, is liquid, Whoa. kind of like a paint. So I'm I'm getting paint on a toothbrush. I'm flicking it onto the bristol board. Uh-huh. And once that dries, it becomes like a cement. Then I'll use ink and I'll go and like paint on top of it. And then when the ink dries, I just rub off the cement. That's how I do stars. So oh. if I do it this way, I don't have to mask off areas that I want uh, to have stars. Because, you know, sometimes if you're just spattering stars, you can uh, kind of like get white all over like your line work. Yeah. This way, I just do this and just rub it off. It's, it's one less step. It's, this oh. is actually used for watercolors. Yeah. And then my other method, is just dropping it on Photoshop when I'm in a deadline rush. Right, right, right. Dropping right, the stars right. with Photoshop.
2: Well, you could always do on the digital version. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like so, the way with the masking technique,
1: though. Yeah, the masking fluid. I like the masking fluid because it's faster and as much as I can, I'd rather do it traditionally where I can have all the stars on the original art. But when there's a deadline, I would just do it on Photoshop just to get the work done. And then when it's done, I would go back and try to like add it later so, so the original art is complete. Yeah, I saw on your
0: website. I saw where there was some stuff with uh, Robin War, I believe, and you had a whole bunch of other books up there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Robin War. I did yeah. not
0: realize. Okay, because yeah, I've been thinking about picking up Robin War anyway because uh, one of my favorite artists is uh, oh gosh, now I can't think of his name, uh, Keon Grant. Yeah, he does. He does part of that. It's, of course, there's several different books in the trade. And so I was just like, oh, wow, okay. So now I got even another reason to go pick that
1: up. <laughs> oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Redman was pretty good. Like, I didn't know it was that big of a deal when I was working on it until, actually, a lot of times when I'm working on comics, I don't know it's that big of a deal until after it's out. Like, one yeah, of well, the books I worked on. I don't know that DC
0: knows that's that big of a deal now because most of the stuff in the New 52, they just kind of scrapped
1: anyway. Oh, so yeah, like yeah, yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> Like like one of the books I worked on when I first started working on it, I was the only uh, artist that was very interested. Uh, the pencillers didn't like it, the editors didn't care about it, and it went through. It went through like five different editors and two different pencillers and two different inkers. But I was the only one excited about it. And then now it's uh, like one of the most popular books that DC has out. Superman Red Sun. Have you heard of that book? Oh yeah. Actually, I yeah, don't yeah. have the book. I have the yeah. animated
0: movie on my shelf.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you have to get yeah. the books. The yeah. So when I worked amazing. on that. You inked, in so, Careboy. you inked over uh, what's the? Uh, Dave Johnson and
0: Killian Hey Johnson. He's yeah, another one of artists. my favorite artists. Like, I love his. Yeah. His bodies are so, like, he uses, you can tell he's using a lot of shape language in yeah. his stuff. And so, it's really interesting. People that own comic book stores love me because I fall down these rabbit holes and I buy stuff because I talk to people who are on stuff and it's really neat.
2: So, so when right. you did so, Red Sun did you find that what we were talking about actually a little bit ago it, it's such an iconic figure like Superman is that iconic figure Yes. did you feel like constrained
1: at all? Constrained like that UK? I'm working that I'm working on Superman, Red Sun? Yeah. Okay so, so get this my very first project I worked on for DC Comics is JLA Justice League of America And it had the seven core members. And I was on that project for a good few years. And then one of the first books I worked on for Marvel was uh, Avengers. Avengers, United They Stand, So it had all the Avengers. So I was kind of spoiled thinking that, oh, anytime we work in comics, it's always the same like major characters. But if I knew now what I knew back then when I started, I was like, I I didn't really, uh, you know, like, man, this is like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Now, when I'm working on projects, it's only like maybe just Wonder Woman, or just Batman, or or like Moon Knight, yeah. But but back then, like the iconic characters, it was nice. And then when I was working on uh, Superman Red Son, I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, it was written by Mark Millar, the guy mm-hmm. who uh, wrote um, Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass, yeah, Kick-Ass. Yeah. And then he was pretty. Later years later, he he recruited me to work on um, Jupiter Circle, which is. Uh, like a Netflix show right now. Right, I think it's, hmm. I don't so, think it's out yet. Is it out? Is it out? I, 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 don't, I don't. know. I don't, I don't know it's if it's out. out. Yet. He told like a few years that it's it's option for yeah. for a show. Yeah, it's optioned at this point, right? So it's not. So it's not out yet. Right. I know That's that my knowledge. No, okay. I thought it was out because uh, I just found out that they're going to be re- reprinting the series that I worked on with Chris Sprouse, and they're going to be making a uh, Amazon Netflix version graphic novel of it. They're yeah. Just reprinting it. I think it's in a, a different size. I'm not really sure. Yeah, They did the same
0: thing that. with uh, Umbrella Academy before the movie, the came, before yeah. the stuff came out. They did a new, slightly different cover with the Netflix logo and stuff, soon to be a, soon to be a Netflix
1: movie. Oh, for which? For, which? For, for Umbrella which? Academy. For Umbrella wow. Academy, yeah.
2: Cool. They generally yeah, do Umbrella it with Academy most of the ones you. I've noticed. They did the same with the old God as well. Yeah. The old yeah. guy that just came out, they repackaged that for the first book, which the initial like first printing is yeah. the one that most people are after because you don't
1: have More that value. little yeah. Yeah. Well I know with a uh, lot of the trade paperbacks or hardcovers with Marvel and D C they keep reprinting it over and over. I know with D C comics, aside from uh, Watchmen, Red Sun is the second most popular reprinted book over and over again. I mean I'm I'm still getting <laughs> royalties for that from from 15 years ago a project i've done 18 years ago they, they just keep telling me that it's going to be reprinted in this format reprinting in a deluxe format reprinting in a foreign language and then i, I still get like money from that royalty, check. Yeah, not yeah, bad, royalty check yeah yeah
2: But it's, it's an amazing book and i mean they keep on redoing it yeah but, i mean you talk to any comic book shop it's one of their standard books to have it
1: yeah i was disappointed they didn't put my name in the um the animated movie credits at the oh. end. Like, I heard Jim Lee said, we're going to include all the inkers and everyone that worked on it. But And I watched it, and then I looked through the whole movie, and th- my credits, my name wasn't in there. But interestingly enough, uh, my name showed up in the IMDb, like that oh. uh, movie credit thing. So it showed up there, which is funny, but it didn't show up in the uh, the animated movie. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: But you got an IMDb credit,
1: Yeah, but... So. Yeah, I got... Yeah, I don't know... Yeah, which so, is kind of nice. Put that on your resume. <laughs>
0: yeah, Definitely I have my resume, resume for, for it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't know if it does anything for me.
0: Hey, everybody can everybody's not all IMDB, man. So yeah. you know. That's a,
1: so a, you Richard, you guys work together on we, something you mentioned.
0: We okay, you so match, we yeah. started off as friends in the comic book shopping network. we see each other, especially over Miss Jen King's store, you know, we'd be over on different streams of her. Well, then Ms. Jen was talking about, because usually Ms. Jen always does a Comic-Con, a little mini-store Comic-Con at her store in August. And so, of course, she was like, well, I don't know how it feels. You know, they just shut, they just shut Houston down again for another, like, month, right in the middle of June. So it was going to be after August, sometime late August, if she was even going to try to do it. She was just like, I don't know that I have the time. I don't know that I can get the people to travel to do it. And so like myself and Chip and Kyle and some other people got together and we just like, why don't we just do it virtually? Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't really have the time to go through and put something together. And it was Ship and myself and uh, Kyle and some other people, Gen, another Jen we know, and we kind of took different pieces of the puzzle and over the course of about two months, put together a virtual Comic-Con. Okay, and I mean Kyle was the biggest. Like he held it all together. We were we were we were helping
1: stuff to him, but we were what, all, is this for, what is this virtual Comic Con? What is it? It was called, called Con. Okay,
0: yep. and we did it back in August. We did it back on the first Saturday of August. Okay, and so basically what we did was we had a a, a meet and draw type thing on that Friday. We had a bunch of different artists, including myself and other artists that we had connected with. And we got together and did some drawing and stuff that first night for charity because uh, Miss Jen was raising money for Insider
2: Art. Actually, I'll send you the link to it. it it's still up. There's actually a lot of, like, different things because okay. um, there's three days of it. Um, Is that so... something
1: where the kind's happening and then once the kind's over, the link just disappears? Yes. No, no. Okay. This no, still, this all the stuff's still year. up. Okay. Because you
0: can go to the links to a lot of the author's sites and stuff like that. And if they have stuff available, people can still yeah. purchase it. You know, the
1: thing. Mark actually had me do a Comic Con for a Hawaii Con. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about it. So it was, we're spending a lot of time, we're uploading images, and then it's active for that three or four days. And then after the four days, it, everything gets cleaned out and nothing gets visited yeah. anymore. No, I think okay. the site's still alive.
0: I think he said the site will be live till next year.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I actually just messaged you a link to it. Um it's got I mean we had some really okay. large names actually through it. I mean we had like Ram V on there. We had um oh who was the gentleman um I can never pronounce his name correctly. Ding
0: Zhan who does uh symphonic Voices versus uh Mog was on there.
1: Yes okay. he
0: came on. Mank um, does a
1: lot of uh, virtual kinds. have yes. Saturday like A.M.,
0: it's like a group of people from, based out of North Carolina, but they actually have a worldwide scope of manga artists. They yeah. come together and do like a week, bi-weekly manga that they have on an app, and then they've got some stuff that they're selling on Amazon and things like that. So
1: it was just a and, really cool. Uh, and how do you market the convention? Like just Facebook advertising or word of mouth spreading? Oh, a word
0: of mouth, honestly. Yeah. yeah. In I didn't even know. Grew. a lot of it we worked hard learning how to put it together because it wasn't like I woke up knowing how to put a con together. I mean, we were yeah.
2: really kind of learned from the other. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely suggest uh, maybe we can get you hooked up with Miss Jen. Um, she's she runs Space Cadets, but she was one of the founding owners of the uh, the comic book shopping network, which okay. is now huge. I mean. It's got like what is it three thousand plus members I think at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Some huge amount of membership. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's definitely would be a good connection for you to have to be able to because I mean let's be honest we don't know what's going to happen in the next six months or a year.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right?
2: We don't know if cons are going to come back. We don't really know what we're going to do to be able to uh, keep people's jobs and everything else going yeah. smoothly. Yeah. So that's why we're looking at these different avenues. And what's happened is we've got people like William, myself. I mean, there's a lot of other people we've got uh, at CBSN, even just through Connection. We all have our own businesses. We've got our own um, specialties. So we kind of pulled those together and we'd be looking up to meet people like yourself, strike up conversations, and then just go, okay, well, what can we do to continue getting this art form out, but also basically make, people's 2020
1: a little bit better oh yeah you know? yeah 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 and I mean, they one thing i think that kyle really
0: went over a lot with us he said was i want to make sure people understand that when they're on the screen for the hour that they're on we want to make sure that they're able to push whatever they got out there for the sale so that people can buy yeah. the stuff they have yeah you know because if they're not because if you don't you know and it, it just aimed it at us, you know, particularly said, like Will, if Will gets on there and Will doesn't sell anything he's putting out there, then is Will really gonna feel inspired to come back next year and do it oh, again? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, so you know. yeah, for me, that doesn't really make, yeah, I'm more interested, I'm more about meeting the yeah. fans or like meeting people, like uh, even if, I've been to a convention where it doesn't make money, I- I'm still okay with it. Cause right. I-, I like the interaction, yeah.
2: You would I mean, get on very well with my friend, Henri. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him through different areas. What is his name? Henri Com- uh, Complan his last name. Okay. He did Yi uh, Sun Shin, is okay. his book.
0: He's a really neat dude. He was on with, what's the young lady? I don't know why. I could, a fl- oh. In the floor? That-
2: no, it's Af. <laughs> she is the colorist of did, Black Panther. She did the Black Panther
0: run on Laura there. Martin? She's,
2: she's Laura Martin? She's also an yeah.
0: artist on uh, Afua. It's a Afua. Afua yeah. And okay. uh, she does art for
1: HBO's Lovecraft Country, as a matter of yeah. fact. Okay. I mean, um, I worked on Black Panther, and the colorist at the time was Laura Martin, like some mm-hmm. of the earlier runs.
2: Yeah. Not her? I think this is pretty new, like the newest. Yeah, she did the the,
1: I want to say,
0: let me look her up to make sure. I think she did a thing where she really did a lot of focus on the Dora Milaje Okay. In her book, so bear with me just a second. I can't see. I you feel guys. horrible
2: because I really don't want to like ruin her name because when you say it, it it's not, it's not how it's spelled. It's definitely yeah. not phonetic. Uh,
1: kind of like Travis Charey, Travis yes. Travis Yeah,
2: Yeah, you're like. <laughs> it's that nice guy there. I'm just going to be nice that way.
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, amazing artwork. I mean, she's an amazing colorist. And she's um,
0: going to be doing a Kickstarter pretty soon. I think she's going to be dropping a Kickstarter on us in November for a project about mermaid mythology. Or mermaids and also other forms of mythology.
2: Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. She, yeah, she's done that whole run.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, so let me sure get is. her...
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny. She, uh, on her page, she was talking about the whole uh, Cuties controversy. And so what she did was she was like, so there's a Cuties thing and she's like, I dropped a Netflix because of this. Like, I just don't think this is something we should support. I dropped a link in the chat for her uh, actual page. Oh, okay. Anyway, so, like, the day after she dropped Netflix and announced that she was dropping it, they did a feature on her about, like, Black female artist, they did this yeah. whole big feature on her. She was just like, "Oh, that's sweet that they did a feature on me." The after I dropped. It?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not exactly the best timing on that one, but she got through. Yeah. Oh, she she
0: does nice work. And oh she, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I like the tone. Yeah. Uh, my favorite piece that she's done is she did one of Miles Morales, she did like a female version of it. Yeah. She got a gender bent g- Miles. We were talking about that at the con. We're just like, man, you know, you could almost have that be like Miles' Miles' sister or something. Like in another in another part of the multiverse, where well, in one part of the multiverse she he had a sister and her sister got bit. Yeah. You know? So you kind of do it that way because of course, Spider Verse, you can have all sorts of
2: fun. Yeah, a Spider Verse, it up in so much way. I mean. I think Spider-Verse in general, I think, shows how you don't have to be in a traditional area. You don't have to be, like, in just Gotham or just, you know, one area. You can pull in from the multi-universe and really go crazy.
0: Yeah, she also does. The day of the con, it was really crazy. She was working on a piece of fan art for a book that Nichelle Nichols is a part of. And what was funny was I'm sitting there asking her questions at one point, and I just stopped talking. Everybody looked at me at one point. I'm sorry, I, I know I'm supposed to be talking right now, but she's doing this really awesome artwork. I am the <laughs> I, I
2: You would have been perfect actually if we'd have met prior, and I think you would have just enjoyed the real vibe of it. It's it was definitely more like what you say. It's that connection. Yeah. That. I mean, I, I keep going back to our conversation. That connection is what I missed. And we couldn't quite replicate that at the con. But yeah. just that banter back and forth and actually having fun. And you I know, hope you enjoyed
1: you can, it because I, I enjoyed that a lot.
2: Yeah, I, I, wish, like, oh, I, yeah told you, I wasn't joking about it when I said to, um, uh, to William that I was fanboying. There's no doubt about it. It was just seeing what you can do but also being so personable. Yeah. I miss that from cons. I mean, I've been lucky enough to meet some amazing people over the years. And you know, the ones like yourself, which actually take the time to communicate, but not only communicate, but actually find out kind of who you are even yeah. in that short interaction. That's what we miss. That's what we miss in cons. That's yeah. what we miss when you actually are a true, I guess, fan. Because it's one yeah, thing I'm- to go,
0: it's one thing to go, you know, hey, uh, Here's this, here's this booth. I see this uh I like whatever said thing is. Or you've got the one guy that'll go out there and be like, hey, how's it going? Do you like, you know, whatever? Do you like spaceships? Do you like this? Well, I've got something for you if you want to come check it out, type of thing. Yeah. But it's that ability to come in and really dialogue. Okay, well, what inspired you to do this? Or how did you get involved in it? You know, and like, what, what motivates you to draw or you know, yeah. whatever? Because you've got Everybody from different walks of life.
1: Yes. Yes. That's, that's the fun thing about uh, conventions. Things. That's one of the things I, I enjoy about going to conventions. Like every convention I go to, I, well, back then I would shake everyone's hand and try to get to know them by name. And then um, even now, like uh, people will still uh, reach out to me and they will ask, do you remember me? And I remember them. Like I remember a lot of people that I see. It's just like going to, because um, I, I teach, I teach, I teach at the Academy of Art University. So I have a lot of students. So that's how I'm able to remember a lot of people. So when I go back to conventions that I've been back before and then they'll come up to me and then I'll, you know, they're just looking at my table and I'll ask them, so how do you like that print that you bought from me that I shared?" And what surprises me the most is when they're saying, wow, you remember that you remember? I bought this from you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I do remember people and I, and I enjoy talking to them and getting to know them a little bit. So when they come back again, I will ask, so how's that job that you were telling me about? And it, it just blows. It just blows their mind. All right. That's really cool yeah. because you. That takes a lot of focus. It really does. It takes a lot of like. Like you know, memory. Yeah. Like but remember things. Yeah, a lot. It's it's not that, like, like not. A lot, I'm not like Jim Lee, where there's a hundreds and hundreds of people that comes up to my booth. I'm only there's like a little people. I mean, a few people here and a few people there. So I make an effort to uh, just talk to them and yeah. remember them. Yeah. Like um, that video that I sent um, Richard earlier where I'm yeah. just – I don't know if you watched the whole thing. That's Actually, me. I did. I thought it was dope. Cool. Oh, you did? Yeah, so a lot of times yeah, I go awesome. to convention, I'll carry a camera, and I've never met anyone before. I'm just walking around meeting them for the first time, holding a camera, and kind of be doing a little mini interview at the same time. Yeah, I, I'm not afraid to talk to people. I'll just talk to any strangers, and I, I can have a whole conversation with them. Right. Yeah, you're the really exact awesome.
2: person who makes cons what they are. You're, yeah. you're the exact reason why people like to go to Artist Alley. That's why, I mean, for me, I, I'm actually not as happy at cons these days, where it's become a lot more commercial. Yeah, I still gravitate towards the independents. I gravitate towards the artists. I do not generally go, I guess, to the big name Marvel artists. Yeah. I go to the ones which do everything. I, I oh, want yeah, yeah, yeah. to see, you know, the full, uh, full Cat of Gambit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, as I say, Cat has to get a bit commercial as well to make money. I get that. Uh, yeah. But I'm actually working on
1: a independent book right now.
2: What? Yeah, I, I see, mean, this I'm, is, I'm, I'm doing about. Marvel
1: and DC and I'm doing an independent book and then they're getting ready to, I don't know, I think they're maybe going to be doing a Kickstarter. I'm not really sure. I don't right. even think he has the title yet. The, it was this guy who commissioned me to do some art and I said, hey, can I... Can I? I mean, he wanted me to ink his art, and then he said, "You can do whatever you want with background." So I just went crazy. You ever heard, heard of her that uh, Cerebus <laughs> book where there's uh, Dave Sim and Gerhard? You know, Cerebus, Cerebus? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where he had another artist who would draw all the backgrounds. Yeah. Oh, so I thought, know that. Yeah. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to do this project like I'm doing all the backgrounds. You know, very detailed. So, I did that commission for him and he liked it. He goes, Walden, would you like to work on an independent project, me and you? And then we'll maybe do a Kickstarter or something. I said, sure. Yeah. So, even though I'm doing stuff for Marvel and DC, I still enjoy, because I enjoy the process of the art. Yeah. Regardless of what the art is. So, it doesn't really matter. I mean, recently I just finished working on um, Cave Club. I don't know if you heard of Cave Club. I heard of Cave Club. Tell Toys. Let me see if I can show you. K okay. Club online. Let me do a quick search. So K Club is this new toy from Mattel. Uh, it's like this dog, uh, line of action figure toys. Okay. Cave Club, and they're trying to push out these new toys, but they're they're streaming live for now. Let me. You better me share let me, a
0: screen.
1: What is that? Yeah, let me share. Let me find one where I can share. Let me do a share screen. Okay. Okay, share screen right over here, online YouTube uh, Cave Club. So any of these images you see here, when you click onto it, there should be some art. Let me open one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So all the drawings was that's my work. So I'm gonna vo- I'm gonna lower the volume, and then like uh like that's my art right over here. Wow. That's, that's awesome. My work. Yeah. So they took my still images and they, they're animating it. So they have um. They have, like, some of the toys, but that's that's I have the original art for all of this. <gasps> oh! So, yeah, yeah. so that's that's my inking over another artist. Yeah, so we, we have that. So that's something I did, uh, not so much for comics, but for, for Mattel toys, okay. so introducing this new line of toys. You go okay. pretty much everywhere, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's like whoever wants to hire me, and then if the project is fun, I'll work on it. And then let me show you another project that I worked on. So this is from Mattel, and then here's the other one. Uh, Okay, I think it's called all Right Share Episode 1. Now here, let me see if I can find this one. Right Share um, Let me see what the name is. Macaulay B-
2: well, I do appreciate <laughs> the fact that these are all BBC shows. Oh, yeah. So, they're so, all so show. this,
1: all here, this is all my penciling and drawing. Oh, wow. I'm going to lower the volume. So it's a 20-minute podcast but then they hire me to do all the art, where I'm drawing everything, and then after I'm done dra- drawing it, they will have someone who will animate it. So every image you see here is my work. See that? So I am gonna enlarge this. That's so they'll insane. they'll tell a story, and then they'll use my art, and then they'll just kind of animate it to tell the story. So there's like a 20 minutes of art. So that's that's like that's all my drawings over here. My okay, so I'm going to show my
2: age now. Do you remember the band Aha? Band Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Remember the band Aha? Uh-huh. Are you going to talk uh-huh. about Take on Me? Yeah, this is like really got that vibe, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they wanted didn't... a
1: a Sin City noir look, so I'm adding yeah. a lot of shadows. But when I drew this, every art that you see on here was done digitally. I drew it on Photoshop, not traditionally. So it's all wow. done on a computer. So That's I would awesome. draw things in uh, separate layers, and then the animator would just take that and then they're just moving things around. Huh. Yeah, so I do I do a lot of a lot of stuff. I, I have a lot of work. Let me stop share. Yeah, so aside from me doing comics and then uh, animation, that kind of animation, I also teach. Like I mentioned earlier, I teach at the Academy of Art University. Uh, I teach at a senior center, like locally here. Uh, I teach watercolor. Like here, these are some of the paintings I've done. Oh wow, like, this is watercolor wow. paintings. I like your perspective thinking, on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and the lights. And here's <laughs> like an octopus where I'm showing them how to use. Only two colors, two colors and how yeah, to different impressive. tones. Okay, yeah. So I do these little pieces, and I'll show seniors how to do uh, paint. And then I, right here where I'm at, is actually my uh, art studio, uh, where I have a class. I've well befo- before the pandemic, I would have students coming to my house. So this is actually is an actual whiteboard. Oh wow! It's right that's- there. So that's my foosball table, and I have cool. like students' artwork right over there. Wow. My, my, my art studio is at home. So I teach, I teach art to students. Like right now, I, well, it's different. I teach on Zoom. So I have students from New York, from San Francisco, California, from Marin, like different places joining my Zoom classes. And it's all word so of mouth too. Where are you based out of now? I'm in San Francisco.
2: Oh, you're in San Francisco? Yeah.
1: So when so. Uh, students are joining me, they're figuring, figuring out, figuring out um, the time zone so they can be in my class.
2: Yeah, time zones do not—they're not our friend.
1: Yeah, so usually when I have class, I'm sitting here, right here, like the way I'm talking to you, and I have my whole setup. I'm drawing, I'm teaching how to draw with all my supplies and stuff, right, right here. How yeah, you liking I it? I how it. you
2: liking the teaching aspects and that
1: I love it. I love it. I mean, it's because of the teaching, I'm up to speed with all of the animation, the like the current trends. Because so you learn from the kids. Yeah, I'm learning from kids. I, I'm figuring, I, I know what they like and then what art they like. My youngest student is five years old. My oh, oldest wow. student is 96 years old. Oh, and wow. I, I teach every well, my, every level. Yeah. My
2: okay. daughter will be all over that. You'll have to send me links to your schooling.
1: Oh, Jeez. yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just like um, Saturdays and Sundays. Nice. Just Saturdays and Sundays, yeah. How's oh, she's your daughter? Like
2: all of them. She's 14.
1: 14. Yeah, my yeah. oldest student that comes to my art classes uh, on zoom is 18 so nice. i have five to 18
2: now i gotta ask though because i've already seen your arms now you're an artist and you have no tattoos yet
1: i don't have any tattoos i thought about getting it but i just don't have time i mean if i wanted to tattoo, i would draw my own <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Point. i was yeah. gonna
2: say that was my gonna be my question
1: i it's have like, murals i have murals in san francisco i like my artwork like with yeah. uh, like in places and then just like plaques with that name on it I don't really. I'm telling you guys. Actually, I think I'm telling you guys too much. A lot of times when I'm promoting myself on social media, it's just comics related. I don't talk about like classes or murals or what I teach and all those stuff that I do. Yeah, but I I think I'm telling you guys too much.
2: No, actually, you're telling us that you're a real you. I mean, yeah, right. What I like to see when I get to meet someone, especially because I mean, I got that really good connection with you just even by conversating and conversing in that way, you can get to get a feel of someone. I knew yeah, that I'm, it wasn't just going to be an anchor, you know, it's like the anchor is yeah. great, but there's more to you.
1: Yeah. I'm a real people person. I like, yeah. Um, I like communicating. I went to college for business marketing. I have a degree in marketing and with the marketing is public speaking, marketing, how to socialize. how to, So I enjoy that aspect of it a lot, even though I'm not using that degree, but I enjoy that aspect of it a lot.
2: We definitely yeah. got to get you hooked into um, Jen. I mean, I think that would be even more options for you. I mean, she's very tied into Scouts. Um, yeah, a lot of, Scouts, yeah, uh, a lot of a new independent uh, newer, yeah. publisher. Uh, yeah. Source Point Press. I mean, there's all these. Ones. Oh, source,
1: source Point. is that the one who, um, I forget his name? Dirk. He did a book where um, there's a gun on his hand. I did one of the covers. Uh, he, he, he works on, I can't remember his name. He worked on these uh, animals that has war bodies. Like you know, there's armories. a few of them,
2: yeah. Um, the source point. There's like a Dick book Manning. called
0: Broken Gargoyles. Yeah. yeah. There's ogre. I'm trying to think of other source point
2: press books that I know of. Okay. Nora. It's was like these born. Uh, it's or like it's samurai um, grandpa.
1: Not samurai and grandpa. Um these um unicorns that are like uh, ninja turtles. I can't remember his name. Oh, okay, I can't I remember either. his name. Oh, no. I know it's Floppy Cop, but
0: that's not it.
2: Yeah. Floppy okay. Cop's a great um, great book, though. Yeah.
0: They could, didn't they get optioned?
2: I think they did, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, gentlemen, as I always like to do, the first thing I like to do with these podcasts, I'm just trying to bounce between each other. I always like to do origin stories. Because I know
1: that not everybody, you know, was born on a planet and made a Mandalorian. You know, to care for you know, anytime someone say origin story, the first thing that pops up in my head is Nick guy's origin story. G.I. Joe issue number, I think it's 26, right? Uh, Last book. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing book. The first time that's how I that's part of my um vocabulary. That's how that's how I learned the word origin in in uh, elementary school. Origin story. Okay, right. so I did not know that. That's cool. That's cool though.
0: It, you know, not everybody is trained to be a ninja, elite, and then all of a sudden it's to the point where they can't speak. And so yes. they just communicate everything through Scarlet through sign language. And, you know, him and Scarlet are on a whole other level because they're communicating, and then other people it's like, what are they talking about? You know, because I saw some of the other G.I. Joe cartoons. I know they've expanded Snake Eyes' War through the years. So, um Richard, we'll start with you, and we'll work our way to Mr. Wong, and we'll just find out more about you guys' origin story. Tell me a okay. little bit about how you started out, things you geek out to, things you might have geeked out to as
2: a kid, and kind of where you are right now. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of like swing it in, in between uh, both myself and Mr. Wong, and we can go on that side. We'll go formal for this for now. And kind of like mix it in. I mean, like, my background is actually in mental health, I work with uh, people with significant mental health diagnosis. Uh, but we use art as a lot of times as a way to break through. And we, that's kind of how the art and the comic book kind of got into my life. Um, special needs it's a great thing. You know, I mean, we can joke about it. We joke about like, the origin story, snake guys, but that's a memory that you hold. So when you work with an individual that may have challenged going back into a time of their life, you can bring up like lion or you can bring up one of these type of 80 things, trigger that memory. Uh, so that's kind of where my origin is. I mean, obviously I came over from the UK, came here and you know, art is just becomes a piece of who you are and how you can operate and utilize it in uh, everyday life.
1: I, I appreciate Richard so much. I appreciate what, you know, like I I understand what you're doing. I, I teach at the senior center. And then, part of the other side of the building, there's like the, the mental disability part. And then, a lot of times, they'll forget stuff like a, a dementia. And then, with art, it triggers their memory. Like when they do something and then it reminds them of something, that's how they're kind of like exercising what's in here. Yeah. So, I appreciate what you're doing for your um, patients. Very good. Very good, Richard. That's very nice.
2: I told you I had a connection when we first started talking. I had a a feeling that you were were in a similar area. Let's put it that way. So, what would you say is your origin? What started you in the career of
1: art? Of art? Okay. So, um, before so, I've always been an artist and I went to draw, but I never knew what I wanted to get into. Um, Growing up, I thought I went to do some kind of art, but as a parent, uh, as a a child of two parents that you know we don't want your kids to do art because if you're an artist you're a starting artist so in my mind I'm always thinking some kind of art so when I went to school I went to school for um, business marketing thinking that if I do marketing I could do package designs uh, logos for Coca-Cola or something like that but at the time I was shopping at this comic book store in San Francisco that comic book store is called Oglios um, it was owned by Arthur Adams I don't know if you know who Arthur Adams is it was owned by Arthur <laughs> Yeah, he owned, he owned it. Well, actually, it was him and his girlfriend. He kind of, like, funded the money, and his girlfriend would, like, run the store. And mm-hmm. I, would, every, I would go in there and buy comic books. And then um, every so often, Arthur would ring me up, or he would show me some of his artwork. And I would just see him as some guy that just draws. And then after a while, uh, it was this one time when I found out that he drew, and this was pretty cool. He had a FedEx package, and he was giving it to this FedEx guy. And then there was a drawing of Wolverine on the FedEx package. And I asked, What is that? Went, oh, I, I draw from Marvel Comics. You draw from Marvel Comics. How did I get in on that action? I didn't know that people draw from Marvel comics. I thought it was just print it. <laughs> yeah. So from then on, he told me um, what to do to try to get work. He can me. so in early in my career, a lot of the samples that I have was over Arthur Adam samples because I didn't know what a sample was. I didn't right. know where to get photocopies of pencils. So I was inking his stuff. And then when I was done, when I'm done, I would just go back, you know, next comic next comic book, new week, new comic book day, and I would show him my work. And then he would critique me and then give me new photocopies of his work. I would bring it home one week and I would do that. And then go to comic book conventions, give him work I hang around in his booth. And after a while, I just started showing those samples around to Marvel and DC, and that's how I got work with Marvel and DC. And then fast forward, maybe, 10 years later, after I learned from author, Mar- he called me and asked me to ink him on The Incredible Hulk for Marvel. So we've done four issues of The Hulk together for Marvel Comics. What? So that's, that's, that's my origin story. Yeah, he called me. It was funny. He called me and said, hey, Walden, are you exclusive with DC? And I go, no, I'm, I can work for DC or Marvel. And he said, I'm working on this Hulk issue right now. I need someone to ink me. Do you have time? And I go, sure, I'll just do like a, drop everything what, I, what I'm working on just to work with you. So it's kind of fun. So he picked me to work with him because we're, we're local to each other. Yeah. He was living in San Francisco, and it was only – at the time, I was just – It was, no, no, actually, he was working – no, when he lived – no, actually, he was, work, he, he was married to Joyce Chin. Joyce Chin was working on Xenia. Uh, I worked with Joyce first, and I would drive to their house. Uh, their drive was only like maybe 10 minutes. And then later on, they moved to Walnut Creek, where they still currently live. And then we uh, were still local. So when I drive to his place, it was only like 45 minutes. So we would drive to each other's house and I would get the original art, I would ink it. And then sometimes he would come over to my house or I would go over to his house. I would actually, I would never step foot in his house because he has like 18 dogs, like these big, huge dogs. And I'm, I'm afraid of dogs. Oh, wow. So when I'm there, I'm, I'm only standing in front of the house and then he's just coming out. He invites me in all the time, but I, I'm afraid of dogs. He, he knows because he'll hide <laughs> all his dogs in, in the house. And then it'll come out. So I don't, you know. But then That's we'll cool. go to like restaurants and eat and, you know, talk yeah. about art. I've been trying Make to get him after. on the show for the last
0: little bit. I, I love his artwork. I've been doing his stuff
1: Yeah, for a long time. He, He's a very, very nice, very kind, caring person. Yeah, I, I can honestly say if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even go into the direction of comics. i like, will probably do, do like package design or some other kind of art. Yeah, yeah. It's because he told me that you can work as a kind artist. That's when I decided to try. Like it, it's him that gave me samples and what to do and how to show samples.
2: So you found a mentor, obviously.
1: Yeah, he 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 was nice. So he taught me. Not only did he teach me how to um uh be become an inker. He's the one you know like become an inker. He, he would also give me um tools like uh, microns, the same drawing pins that he would use. Because I I didn't know what to use. I I would just use like um. High school drawing pins, and I thought that was what everyone used. So when I started using the same stuff he used, that's how I learned how to use microns. And then later on, uh, I, I, like almost each tool I'm using, like I'm, lear- I learned it from like an, just an origin story for each uh, tool. Like for example, um, when I learned how to use microns, I didn't know how to use a brush. Like all these brushes here, like these brushes, yeah, I didn't know how to use them. Uh, I met um, Paul Smith. You know who Paul Smith is? No, Paul Smith, yeah. Yeah, Paul Smith, he's the artist that worked on X-Men, Leave a Chance. I met him at a WonderCon. He was just walking on the hallways, and I was walking on the hallways. And at the time, I was um, showing artists uh, my artwork, and I was already a published artist. But I would still go to conventions and show them my work just to get critique, because at right. that time, there was no such thing as internet. Right. There was no such thing. In it. And for, in order for me to learn, I would continue showing my art to artists just to get the feedback. So a lot of times when I'm getting the feedback, even though I'm getting work from Marvin DC, I'm still getting fresh feedback because I, I I constantly like to learn. Like as a teacher, as myself, I constantly like learning. So um, when I met Paul, Paul said, wow, your stuff looks good. He took my portfolio, he closed it, and he would bring it, he goes, Walden, follow me. I thought he would ask me to... Um, go to his uh, booth at a convention so he could look at it closer. He wasn't doing that. You know what he was doing? He was bringing my portfolio to every artist and publisher and editor he knew at that convention. Hey, um, take a look at this artwork. Uh, you need to hire this guy. He wow. showed, me, showed my work to agents. And then he showed my work to editor-in-chief at the time at Marvel. He walked up to him and said, uh, hey, Bob, Bob Harris, uh, would you, can you look at this guy? Um, I need you to hire him. And then he looked at my guy. You know, he looked at my portfolio. Paul walked away. And then once Paul walked away, uh, Bob Harris, the editor in chief, turned to me and said, "You know, like getting a recommendation like that from Paul, that means a lot." Yeah. I go, yeah, yeah. So, so that was the end of it. I give him a packet. Uh, he said, "Call me back a week later." So a week later, uh, I'm back home. I called him, and then he goes, "Oh, Walden, we were just looking at your uh, samples." In fact, we need someone to work on a project for us, uh, X-Force, an issue XForce. X-Force. So that's my step in the door with Marvel. Yeah, so I, I started doing DC Comics first and then Marvel next, but at the same year. So all that happened with the same year. So once I started wanting to become an artist, it took me a year to actually get work. In between that year, both Marvel and DC, there was a lot of independent work and I was doing a lot of free work. Uh, I was doing it free just because I, I didn't know how to uh, where to approach. But yeah. at the same time, I knew I was uh, working for free because the work would be printed. So as it's getting printed, uh, some people will say, why would you do work for free? Like, you're not getting paid for it. You're wasting all that time. To me, it wasn't wasting time. I, I saw that was a learning experience so I can continue practicing and working. And not only that, the book is being printed. So when it's being printed, I have that book under my belt to show. Mm-hmm. So every time I had stacks of comics that's printed, even though I never got paid for it, I would go to comic book conventions, go to a portfolio and show them my portfolio. And then I, I, know, I noticed this. When I show them, when I give them an actual printed book, they take my portfolio more seriously. Right. I noticed that. Yeah. So Not that's, only because
0: your artwork is, your inking and stuff is printed, but more importantly, you show that you can follow lines. Yes. And that you
1: can complete something. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of my work, I mean, when you say origin story, there's so many, so many origins. Uh, my first regular run was Depot, like one of the earlier Depot right after Ed McGuinness worked on his miniseries. There was a regular run, And then I was <laughs> thinking over Depot. I was thinking over Pete Woods on Depot. So um, one of the, it's my life is all one thing leading to another, and it's all by accident. It's, it just happened. So one of the independent books that was paying me six dollars a page. It wasn't paying that much, but I was getting printed. That artist I was working on, his name was Pete Woods. So I was icking him, and then we kind of knew each other's name, but not actually never talked to each other on phone. There's no I, such thing as email or internet at the time. So I was at uh, San Diego Comic Con showing my portfolio to uh, a Wildstorm editor, and Pete was standing right there. And he saw my name on the portfolio. After the portfolio review, he pulled me aside and said, Walden, I don't know if you know who I am. I'm Pete Woods. I'm the guy who, who he inked on, a Shotgun Mary shooting gallery. Right. So, yeah. So, we worked on that uh, together. And then he goes, I like your work. Would you be interested in working with me on Deadpool to be the regular inker? So, that's how I became the regular inker on Deadpool on that wow. time. Yeah, i worked on so many Deadpools. Like after working on Deadpool, over at DC, I worked with Carlo Barberi on The Flash. And I was his filling guy. And then when he started moving on to Marvel, and he worked on Deadpool again, I worked on another series of Deadpool, like a long, long run of Deadpool.
2: i probably own majority of those Deadpool runs. Just yeah, saying,
1: oh. yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, nice Deadpool art, like comics out there. Yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sure. I, I've been I've been working in comics for 25 years now. Like one of the funnest things for me to do is um, go to my friend's house. This is funny. When I find out they look at the comics, I'll flip through them and I'll go this is my book. <laughs> this is my wow. book. Yeah, or I'll go I mean, to, how uh, does that
2: make you feel when you can go in and just say, yeah, this is one of mine, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it's nice. Or like, I like, mean, uh, to... Like, my regular friends, like, who, you know, they don't know much about comics, I will go shopping at a store or I go to, like, uh, at the time, Bars and Nobles or a bookstore, and I'll look at them or like Japanese store, Kino Kunio books. Not only have I done uh, Marvel Comics, these guys I also then work for Viz Media. Viz Media, they publish... Um, a Dragon Mama. Ball, yeah. Yeah, Manga, Naruto. Uh, one of the books that I lettered was called um, uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, so they even have a deluxe book on that. And I lettered that whole volume, uh, the whole series, and I also did art touch-ups. So Hayao Miyazaki, the guy who uh, worked on that, know no uh, what my work. Because when my second daughter was born, I named her Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. And then uh, when they caught wind that uh, my daughter was in Nazca, Studio Ghibli sent me a gift.
2: Oh, that, my that was like, gosh, really that's so nice. Cool. Yeah,
1: I, I, I still have the gift somewhere in the house. <laughs> so, how many, how many kids do you have? You say two daughters? I have two. I have two, two girls. Two girls. Well, that's a blessing right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Hold on. All, the they like to like, uh, like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how guys are if you, you want. Work?
2: 14 at this point, everything to talk back.
1: Yeah, I have a 14 and 17. 14 and 17. Oh,
2: jeez. So, yeah, we yeah. are totally in the same wheelhouse.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. I mean, that's it. It's fun times. Definitely fun times.
1: Yeah, every so often when I go to conventions, when the conventions are local, um, they'll go with me and they'll help me out at a, a Comic Con booth. Yeah, they'll, they'll you know, the, they enjoy it. They enjoy
2: it. I mean, they'll see Do they dad like as, comics, though?
1: They, not, <laughs> not so much. They see comics as dad's work. That's where, oh. I mean, I mean, they'll read it. They'll, I remember the uh, first time I brought uh, my daughter to a comic book convention and she got a comic book. She, I mean, growing up, she's so used to reading uh, novels, like paperback novels, not not graphic novels, where there's a story that's a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. So she got this comic, like this 22 page comic. And she was reading it on, right, right next to me at the, at the comic booth, And then she read it when she's done. She looked at me. Hey, daddy, this book doesn't end. It's like why does it not end? I don't get it. Goes, That's how they get you to buy the next one. What do you mean they get you to buy the next one? Why does this book doesn't end? Yeah. She would yeah. she would hate
0: like the serial
1: format. I remember yes.
0: when the original Green Mile was written, Stephen King released it as a serial format where you would pay like two or three bucks per book per week. Oh
1: yeah. yeah, yeah until yeah, you yeah, yeah. got the
0: whole series. And so yeah. you know your serial format, which was an old movie style. Even, yeah, know, so so they're not
1: sure. used to the they're not used to those little pamphlet comic mm-hmm. books. Right. So right now at my home, I have like a library full of graphic novels, and every so often they'll they'll check it out like a library. So they have a so I have like um, maybe like see four or five, seasons eight bookshelves of graphic novels. They'll take out a book and they'll put a little bookmark there, so they remember where to put it back, kind of like right. a, at a library. It's kind of cool. <laughs> well, that's it's only kind so cool they, they at least at
2: thinking ahead and like know how to put it back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. I'm very particular with my dry paper bags. So yeah. Everything's got to be in order.
1: You know what's funny? Like my my, my books in my on my bookshelves, they're not even in order. <laughs> they're oh. keeping they're keeping track of it. They're keeping track of where it is. Yeah, oh. when I buy comic books, the weekly comic books, they're. I need to hire someone to put my books in order. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. I mean, I will buy it. My books are in order of the week it came out, not in alphabetical okay. order, not in number order. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a very creative way of organizing.
1: Yeah, but after a while, like if I would to... So I think, okay, I have like 50, maybe around 50 something long cases, long boxes of comics. Yep. If I need to get a book to work for reference, it's easier for me to order another one than to look for it. <laughs> it, it just going to take so much time looking for it. But with, when the internet was created, it's one of the most awesome things. Because in the you world. can Google search it. Yes, that's right. <laughs>
2: Comixology, that's the thing that kills us all.
1: Yes. Like back then, I would just order another one on eBay So instead of me looking for it. Yeah.
2: So that's this a, that gives me an excellent other question, though. I mean, obviously, people are listening to this. You're talking about comics. You're talking about the graphic novel area. What is your pull box? What is in my, your pull box?
1: What is like my... Like, you go to... A, like, do, yeah. Yeah, when I go to... One of my favorite uh, books that, are, that I like is Spawn, I was trying to buy... Issue one and on. I think I had to stop because it was just so much that was coming out. Spawn and I would buy actually it's not so much more titles now. In the beginning it was certain titles I would follow, but as I got older and when I'm working on comics, I'm following more so the artists and the inkers, the pencilers. So it's whatever books they're working on, I'll buy that issue. I'll pre-order those books just so I can study the work.
2: It's interesting you say that. I would definitely say I don't know about you, William, but as I've got older it's not the person. Like, I think I mentioned to you earlier, you know, I kind of like only two mainstream characters. I like personally Moon Knight and Doom Patrol. Yeah. Both of those are very kind of avant-garde stories. Anyway, Gaiman, as we know, is a very uh, interesting style of writer. Yeah. But it definitely, I think as I've got older, I go more with, as you say, the artist or yes. the creator. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it's focused on like what is their style. It's yes. not, it's yeah. not you know picking up the you know the Superman book or the Flash book or the Batman book. It's okay. It's Jeff Johns writing this. Yes. is you know Ram B writing this you know particular Catwoman run, which I will say is an FYI, he's bringing out a Catwoman run, yeah. which is very exciting because it's going to be a very dark area. So that should be interesting.
1: Um, yeah, I, I follow artists a lot like yeah. regardless of what they work on. So even if they worked on an independent book, I would still follow the work there. Yeah, it's yeah. more about the, the studying the art. You know, what? I'm at a point where I'm not even reading the comics anymore. I'm just looking at the art. And then the storylines that I know is through news articles that I read online. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot. And every so often when I hear, oh, a X is pretty good or um, house of X, that's a good title. Then I'll go and buy it. and Then I'll read it. Like when I hear something that's really good, then I'll read the book.
2: Yeah, so that I, leads to one, three jokers. What you feeling?
1: Three jokers? What do you
2: mean? What you feeling on it? That was like the, probably the most anticipated
1: book. Oh, you mean the uh, the the, the, the yeah. uh, uh, first Batman the, who laughs?
0: Well, no, no, there was a new series that came out under the DC Black Label called the Three Jokers. Oh, I haven't seen. I haven't and seen yet. so they kind of started it oh. back on a storyline back when it was the the Dark Side War. Yeah, and there was a point where Superman, I mean, not Superman, Batman was sitting on the Metron chair, and he was sitting on the Metron chair, and he had access to infinite knowledge. The one thing that Batman doesn't have in and of himself is infinite knowledge, he has infinite ability to set up every backup plan in the planet. Yeah, he doesn't have so he asked the question of the chair, he said, What's the identity of the Joker? And it never gave a name, but it showed three Jokers. It showed three different Jokers from three different eras. Well, it showed the Joker from Killing Joke. That's it my showed favorite. the Joker from uh, Dark Knight. I think it's Dark Knight Returns. No, 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 no. That uh, no,
2: was the Heath Ledger version.
0: It's the Heath Ledger version, and then the other one was the Definite Family, yeah. where it was the one that killed Jason Todd. Yes. And so they've created a comic book that's not necessarily in canon, even though it has elements that were brought into canon. Like, it still talks about Barbara getting shot in the back and, you know, all this stuff. So they kind of did play with it. But the idea that there are three Jokers that exist in the same timeline.
1: Okay, do they show up? Yes. yes. So, so
2: this so is the, why I, so is the why I brought was it yes, up, so the
1: artist who's drawing it is drawing it those three specific styles. Exactly. Yes. Who's Who's the artist?
2: Um, I've got it here, actually. That's interesting. And they those have well, three in a, styles. In and in each one, I think it's a three. I think it's only a three-issue series. Yeah. Uh, Jason not- Fabok and Brad Anderson.
1: Okay. Jason Fabok. Oh.
2: I, think I would Jason go pick before. it up if you could. That's a really good book. I got it from the yeah. a week or so ago. I highly recommend it, especially from what you were just saying. I mean, yeah. this, to me, it shows three different styles of art, which is yeah. by one artist recreating three iconic yes. ways yes. of the Joker.
0: And it's interesting yeah. because the way the story starts off without spoiling too much is, is that Bruce Wayne, this is pre-Alfred dying. Uh, Bruce Wayne shows up, which is why I'm saying, which is why I don't feel like it's totally in continuity, although who knows. Uh, yeah. Alfred is working on Bruce. He's trying to heal up his most recent injury, which is due to him fighting the penguin. But as he's going over different scars, you get black and white flashbacks. to what gave those scars? And the majority of the scars that Batman has, like they have the scars running down his back where Bane broke his back. They have the scars where, you know, other things have happened to him physically and things like that, but the majority of the scars the Joker doing different things. But then they overlay that with Red Hood, who is fighting and he's hearing about a second Joker sighting in a different location. And he's reminiscing back to Joker beating him to yeah. death. And then okay. you see Barbara, Reminiscing about the Joker, as she's of course now she can walk again. They did old chip thing after. New how, how, how
1: does Batman look? Bruce Is looks there a, like a specific him. version that does he look like the uh, Dark Knight version? No, I Bruce is
0: definitely it's definitely our continuity, Bruce. Yeah, because you're talking about Bruce, Red Hood, and Barbara Gordon as Batgirl again. Okay. So you're talking about like I said, it's after New Fifty Two era. Yeah, to kind of, to kind of put there that headspace. It's New Fifty Two, but before Alfred thought. Yeah. So. Oh, cool.
2: But then. He's kind of like a crossover of like a couple of them. I would say. I mean, you can yeah. definitely right with the Arkham one, but I mean, when he's Bruce. Either, I mean, before you go into too much spoilers, I would just recommend going to pick it up. It's yeah, I'm, not spoiling. I'm not gonna
0: spoil how it. Me, how many issues are out now? These are the three kind of because just each the one. one of. This one? Okay. Each one of them are kind of thinking of the Joker from a different perspective. Yeah. realizing that they're thinking of three different people who were back for soda. Oh, cool. So it's really interesting. It's a different – it's unique. I'll put it who,
1: who's the writer? Jeff Johns. Oh, Jeff Johns.
0: Yeah. So Johns. the question I was going to ask now, uh, in the previous conversation we had, you showed off a really awesome print of some old school '80s cartoon
1: characters. Who are some of your favorite cartoon
0: characters in that era?
1: Okay, so when I, when I was growing up, uh, my brother was into Transformers and I was into GI Joe, and we would buy. I would buy GI Joes and he would buy Transformers, and we could not, poss- We could not cross pollinate. I cannot buy Transformers and he cannot buy GI Joes. We made it our own, and so GI Joe is. I mean, I like, I like G.I. Joe, but I think Transformers is so cool. I mean, I, I got the short end of the stick uh, of, you know, that that side. I remember, like, as a kid, uh, we would set up. This <laughs> is funny. We would set up all the Transformers, <clears throat> making a scene ready for battle. And he would set up. I would set up all my G.I. Joe's. He would set up all the Transformers. And then when we were about to battle, we were all tired from setting it up. And then we just called it a day. Just put it away. <laughs>
2: It, you yeah, know it's funny. It, I, we all did that. It was like, like it takes all this time to like get the
1: effort to make it look good. Biggest stand correctly. Yeah. Toes right. And once it's done, we don't actually do the it battle. It. We're all tired. It's the end of the day. We're just yeah. putting it away. Are Oh, you guys at uh, the same thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> with transformers,
2: it took forever to like make them transform and <laughs> then try to get them to balance.
1: Yes. Oh. Yeah. That that was that was one of the things I couldn't do. Like the, my brother was better at transforming. But I didn't have to transform G.I. Joe's. I could never yeah. transform out away. way. One of the hardest ones to transform was Jetfire.
0: Oh no, God, That thing was
1: hard to transform.
0: Yeah. I remember that. I remember Jetfire. Jetfire was probably one of my favorites on the show because when they showed him on the cartoon, he was bigger than the majority yeah. of the Transformers.
1: Yeah. You know, not only, I mean, right here in the 80s cartoon, we have Ninja Turtles, um, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, and all these characters. Like, one of the cartoons that I watched was um, Voltron. I don't know if you guys watch Voltron. Okay, yeah, yes. I, like, I like Voltron, too. Are you talking about the lions and, are you about the vehicles?
0: That the lions. Around, I the both. lions.
1: Okay. The lions. Yeah, I'm way into the lions. I remember as a kid, um, I had classmates that brought the, uh, the lions to class, and I didn't get to play with I get to borrow theirs. Yeah. But now, 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 it's like, I wish I – I mean, they, they remake it, and then they're not as nice as the die-cast one as before. Right. They're more plastic, yeah. More plastic. Yep. yeah, 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 yeah. You,
0: know the... you could have done to really mess your brother up. You know, you talk about the fact that there wasn't anything between you know, he had transformers, you had GI Joes, yeah. It would have been funny if you could have been like, you know what, I'm gonna start buying mask figures because then you have the best of both worlds. The mask would have yeah, yeah, yeah. We a little we, bit we smaller than mass G.I.
1: We did, you could have got the we... GI Joes in the mask vehicles and then they transformed. Yeah, we we also dipped into Bionic 6 that was kind of like G.I. Joe. I don't know if you ever got Bionic. He still has Bionic 6. He's, we, we still have all those toys. Oh, wow.
2: Did you get yeah. to Visionaries?
1: No, we started. Visionaries was way out there. Yeah, we, we started. I think those were more yeah. expensive than G.I. Joe's at the time. I don't know why oh, Visionaries yeah. were more expensive. I, I remember, remember Battle Beast. Oh, Gobots. The
0: little Battle Beast Go-Bot. and Gobots. <laughs> uh, the thing See, I love, you know which what? I wish I still had, was the muscles.
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, this is so awesome talking to people that had the same interests and the same things we grew up with. Like, I'm talking to people now. They, they don't know what a go bot is. They don't know what a muscle is. What muscle? Like, this muscle? Yeah. Oh, do, do yeah. you remember
2: um, – Oh, they, they used to have the little muscle men uh, wrestling. They were, they were little uh, wrestling figures. They were yeah. all, like, different, like, pink colors. Yeah, they
0: were pink in the little trash. And that was the muscles we were talking about. The yes. muscles. Yeah, they are all the yeah. same colors. You
1: could, you could move them all like yes, stuff. they were just yeah. like this. But yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, like, used yeah. To I think them. we collect that at the same time when we were collecting uh garbage pail kids, yeah, or, oh. or wacky packages, wacky packages too. Have you seen
2: how much they go for now? When you actually look at the trading cards, I wish oh, I kept stupid. them.
1: I wish oh. I kept them. Yeah, I used to stick those uh wacky packages all over my my head, like headrest on my bed. It was, yeah. it was not around anymore. Who knew that they I mean, were so much?
2: It yeah. always makes me laugh because I look at the things that we have now. Like, I mean, you know, we have the Funkos and stuff like that, but we collect the things that we missed from our childhood. Yes, It's like, it's like all, all of a sudden, it's like we have the money to buy it, so we'll recreate <laughs> what we <Yes>. didn't have.
1: <laughs> yes, that, that's very true. That's very true. Like, I, I just recently, like, uh, the, uh, the Lions lions i just recently bought it i bought the uh the Bondai version oh wow yeah, it's 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 nice but you know even though after i bought it i didn't open it i don't want to open it <laughs>
2: oh wow see, i can't i i can't do that it's like i've got to open and stuff i mean yeah. i i'm not one of these collectors of toys that has to keep them packaged I, I can't do it it's like the toy was made to be played with yes yes you know But I I can see the benefit, I mean, especially, I mean, obviously going back to what we started with, Star Wars specifically, I mean, you know, if you take it off that board, that backboard, it's worth
1: nothing. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, Tell us about, we need to get into this, Uh, tell us about your Star Wars, how you got involved in the Star Wars project you got involved
1: in. The Star Wars, I think it's just editors contacting me, asking me if you want to work on this project. Like you know, when Marvel got the license for Star Wars, they just started giving me Star Wars project to work on, and then it's funny. Like this, this Star Wars was a uh, I've, I've done it for um, IDW Ideal and Design Works, uh, that that publisher, and then they licensed it to uh, I think it's HarperCollins. I'm not really sure what the other one. And it's it's just they they just contacted me. They asked me to work on it. Yeah, it's nice. I've been to Lucas Valley Ranch. You know, I've oh, been to the that? I've been to the private theater to watch a few movies. Like I remember when, um, one of the, uh, it's cause they're in, um, they're not that far from me. They went four to five minutes to ride. And every so often I'll get a in, well, not now, ever since COVID, but every so often when they have a movie that, uh, they're premiering, they will invite me and my family to the private theater. And then I would just watch the movie at George Lucas theater. Um, I mean, he's not there. It's just all the other workers and stuff. And we would just watch a movie and then it's nice. It's kind of like, um, not not a red carpet screening where there's like a lot of people taking pictures. It's just like All a right. private screening. And then there's like popcorn and food and everything. We mingle and we talk and then we just go watch the movie. That's it's, awesome. It's like a very private movie. And then like on, right on this movie viewer screen right next to it, there's these two huge things that looks like the, like the Oscars or something, like big gold statue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I miss going wow. to that because, because of the uh, COVID-19. I miss going there. Yeah. yeah, it was the, he I mean, owns such a large ranch. We would just drive, I think, maybe a good twenty minutes inside the ranch just to get to his theater. He has his own uh, fire fire department. <laughs> he has oh, his own fire department. That. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then in uh, San Francisco he has a I L M, Industrial Light and Magic. That's located here where there's like a Yoda fountain. I've been to that that theater also where they oh. premiere like uh, new cartoons and stuff. That's they, they mix music here. Wow. Yeah, San Francisco is a nice place. All the stuff is here. I
2: mean, the more that we talk to you, I mean, it's just amazes me just how broad a spectrum your style has gone. I mean, it's you've gone from Star Wars to Incredible Hulk to Justice League. I mean, to Moon Knight. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, bumping into you today and actually taking the time to talk with us, I mean, it's, it's amazing.
1: Oh, you know, um, I, I thank you guys for contacting me and have me here, because you know, just like you guys, I'm I hardly talk to anyone besides students and and stuff. It's like I don't, like this interaction where it's kind of like I'm talking to someone at my booth, and then I'm going to a comic book panel. It's kind of reminded me of a comic book convention. I haven't gone. I have a convention promoters asking me, "Walden, will you come to this convention?" And I said yes. And then as time goes by, it's been six months already since we had the shelter in place. All those conventions just getting canceled. I mean, I've been invited to future conventions and they're going to be canceled again. Yeah, I don't know how this uh, whole COVID-19 thing, I don't know how long it's going to last, but a lot yeah. of conventions are getting canceled. So yeah. I missed that part of it, like meeting people and talking to people.
2: I mean, yeah. we certainly got to uh, talk offline at some point and we can get you connected with those contacts we were talking about. Yeah. Because I think that would definitely be useful, you know, just in the future. Um, because depending on what cons are doing, you know, these are different avenues which would be open to you. Yeah. You know, the virtual wise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Virtual is kind of cool. It's not as exciting as real life, but it's still, Mm -hmm. still fun. Yeah. At the comfort of your, at the comfort of your home. Actually, the one thing I like about, I would call this a silver lining. I've learned so much about um, Zoom, video editing. Like I've, with that extra time, I've learned so much about, you know, before before um, the COVID, I, I would just do a lot of traditional art. Now I'm doing a lot of digital art. That's uh, pretty so I'm, cool. I'm, I'm learning a lot of uh, software stuff. So I think that's the silver lining in all this uh, COVID stuff.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. it's given us time to be able to actually focus on different areas.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Hey guys, we lost a bit of the recording there at the end, so we didn't get a chance to do a full outro, so here's me doing a separate outro now because of that. Listen guys, first of all, thank you so much for checking out this episode. Do me a favor, if you like what you're hearing, drop a voicemail. If you're on anchor.fm on the Conversations About dot 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 page there, you can leave voicemail messages. If you have the Anchor app, you can also use the Anchor app and use the voicemail messages. I really love hearing from people and I really want to have a chance to get people to interact with us in that way. Also, please check out the Conversations About dot 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 Facebook fan group fan page. You can get there. Uh, I try to get in there more and more as time goes on. Uh, We are marching toward not only 100 episodes, but in a few months, we're marching toward our first year. So we'll be planning some big things for that. We really want you to get involved. So I hope you'll get in the habit of getting involved with us on the podcast. And above all else, do me one big favor. Be blessed and blessing to somebody, guys. Take care. This episode is powered by Poddex.